heaven is grand. And without a doubt, Paul did not lie when he said, it's better to be with the Lord. So if we did not die uh, after we got saved, we're left here on this earth. In John, the 17th chapter, uh, Jesus, when he was praying, he said, I, I don't ask that you take them out of the world. And Jesus knew that he was going to be going back to the Father, and he had come from the Father, and it's a wonderful place there. There is no death. There is no crying. There is no, nothing bad. There is nothing sad. There's nothing wicked. There's nothing out of order in heaven. And Jesus said, I don't ask you that you take them out of this world and take them there. I ask you that you protect them. We've got a mission to do. We're the salt and the light of the, of the world. And so if we're here on this earth, we're here for purpose. And we're going to look into the word of God. Tony had some things in his heart to share. Obviously, he cannot from the air. But, uh, uh, but I am here. And so I'd like you just to reach your hands out to me. Could you just agree with me today? Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your word. Thankful for the head of the church, the savior of the body. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit who communicates the will of the Father and the work of the Son to us and makes it real to us, and not only real to us, but empowers us to pass it on and to minister it to other people. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for what you want to give to us today in this particular session. In Jesus' precious name, can you agree with me? Say amen. amen. All right. Uh, we're going to look in the Bible to Isaiah, the 40th chapter, Isaiah 40. And there, uh, I was just recently in Papua New Guinea in uh, Port Moresby, and we, are, we had a prayer conference. And uh, while reading this verse of scripture, I don't know how many times um, I've read this verse of scripture, um, many, many times, and, um, and taught from this portion of scripture, I can't count the times, also uh, many, many times, but the the, the time when I was in Papua New Guinea just last week, a verse, uh, a word in a verse stood out to me. Actually, for the first time, I saw something uh, clearer than I had ever seen it before. Don't you love how the Holy Spirit just keeps on opening the word to us so that we just keep seeing things and they become more and more clear? So we're going to look at verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, and I'm reading New King James Version. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now, before we go any further, this verse of scripture then became prophetic towards the ministry of John the Baptist, who prepared the way for Jesus Christ in his first coming, his first, his first coming and the purpose of that first coming, his ministry, which culminated then in his redemptive act of death, burial, and resurrection. John the Baptist preceded and prepared the way for that epic ministry, all right? The thing is, is that Jesus, when he left, he said, I'm going away, but I am going to what? 
I'm going to come again. Let's say this, Jesus is coming again. Jesus said he was coming again, and he is coming again. And before his coming, uh, there is a work similar to John the Baptist's work, only it is not embodied in just one person, but it is embodied in a whole group of people, a whole a movement of people uh, that prepare the way of the Lord. So Jesus' first ministry didn't just happen. It was prepared. And the components of that ministry are named in verse 4. It says, every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low, the crooked places shall be made straight, the rough places smooth, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So it's real declarative, but the, in verse 4, these different things of valleys coming up, high things coming down, crooked things being made straight, and rough places smooth, all of those things don't just happen. They're a part of the ministry uh, that prepares the way of the Lord. It is a part of what we're called to do and cannot be done without faith. We know from Mark eleven twenty three that high things or mountains are brought down through, uh, through the command of faith. But in the same way, low things are brought up also by a work of faith. And we're not going to talk a great deal about all of that. And crooked things are made straight also through faith-filled prayer. And rough places smooth. And so faith is a, a, a very important um, component in preparing uh, for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is coming. It's not just going to happen but there is a very purposeful, strategic preparation for that coming. And it very, very well could be that you and I are the ones alive on the earth preparing for the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? And so uh, the people that were alive uh, on the earth before Jesus came the first time, we read of them, not all of them, but they were main identifiable characters in the story of Jesus. And they all had a, a place and a part, an amazing place, an amazing part. But here we are, here we are uh, before Jesus comes again. And there is a reason why we are alive now, that you are alive now and not in another generation past. God meant for us to be alive. He has created us for good works to be done that are to be done through us. And praise the name of the Lord. We're not by accident. We're on purpose. So say this, I'm alive on purpose. For his purpose. For his cause. Preparing the way of the Lord. All right, now let's go back to verse 3, because this is the, uh, the word that stood up to me real strong. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The word is voice. Voice. Now, if you were here last night, uh, no, it was yesterday morning, uh, 
Mark started off with the verse of scripture where Paul was talking about we having the same spirit of faith. And that's what we call our conference, same spirit of faith. And there are two components of the spirit of faith that he, uh, that he brought out yesterday. And one is believing. But the spirit of faith is not just in what we believe. There is nothing to believe unless we hear from God. God has spoken, but God is speaking. Aren't we thankful for that? And that speaking, that that a communication from God that is happening is the rhema of the Spirit. It is what God is saying. And when God does talk, faith comes. And so thank God, uh, God didn't quit talking. He is continuing to talk. And when we hear from him, then we're filled with faith. That faith then is translated into practical ways of making the way of the Lord, which brings mountains down, valleys up, crooked things straight, rough places smooth. Cannot be done by might or by power. It has to be done by the Spirit of God and this spirit of faith that comes when we hear from God. But faith is not complete by just hearing from God and giving us something to believe. So what we saw yesterday morning when Mark was teaching about the spirit of faith from the Bible says that we believe and therefore we speak. Say that again. We speak. So the spirit of faith is not just in a strong conviction, but it is is to the degree that we actually speak. So we speak. And so uh, we speak in faith, and it is a voice. It is the voice. It's not the secret heart conviction. It's not, it's not the meditations in the, in the mind. It is the voice. And so Jesus was saying, and, and Mark also brought this out from Mark eleven twenty three. 23, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he saith shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he saith. So again, an emphasis on speaking. Also, Jesus said, if you had faith, uh, the grain of a, a mustard seed, you would say. So faith that prepares the way of the Lord is not just deep conviction in the heart. It also finds expression in words, in speaking, all right? So the voice of one crime. But I thought it was interesting. What stood out to me uh, after all of these years of looking at this verse that just stood really strong out to me is that it is not the voices of one crying or of some crying, or a great company of people crying in the wilderness. It's the voice. The voice. Well, if there's one person, it's easy for there to be a voice. When you get a group of people, you have the potential for there to be voices. What we mean by voices is different words spoken, different expressions expressed, But what prepares the way of the Lord is not voices, 
It's voice. The same voice. Is it possible that a company of people, a group of people, can have a voice and not voices? And I believe so. And you know, because uh, uh, a lot of you um, are real familiar with the scripture along these lines. Let's go to Acts, the fourth chapter. And already, probably in many of you in your heart, you're already there. Acts, the fourth chapter. And Peter and John had just, had just uh, ministered to a man who was crippled, and, um, and, and he uh, was healed, and he ran and, and was leaping and dancing, and they got in trouble for that miracle. And they were told to never, ever preach again in the name of Jesus. And, um, but in verse 23, it says, And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice. So this is not one person. This is a whole group of people. And yet the Bible said they had one voice, one voice, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that, that it is, them, is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David had said, and he named some different things, um, and going on down to verse 29, it says, And now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Uh, Back in Acts, the second chapter, if you just turn back a couple other chapters, it says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one, one place. And it doesn't say here that they just had one voice, but what it does say that Acts, the fourth chapter, also says is that they were in one accord and in one place, all right? And so there is something very impacting and powerful and becomes laser uh, in potential when, when there are not voices and voices are diffused over all kinds of opinions and, and all kinds of different thought, but everything begins to be combined and combined to one thought, one heart, one mind. There's tremendous power there, tremendous power, one voice, all right? So uh, then thinking along, continuing to think along that line, uh, going back to Genesis, the 11th chapter, we see the potential, and again, uh, this is a familiar story to you, this the Tower of Babel, and they were... In verse 4, they said, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. Uh, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. They all have one language. In other words, they, 
They have a voice, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down, and there confuse their language so that it won't be anymore a voice. It'll be voices. It'll be a lang different languages that they may not understand one another's speech. And, um, and so they cease building the city because they couldn't understand. They couldn't get on the same page. Verse 9, therefore the name of that place is called Babel because where the Lord confused the language of all the earth, from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. So we see in the negative um, where people have one voice, where they, they get on the same page and they say the same thing, the potential of accomplishing something is, is staggering, is staggering. And, uh, and so uh, the devil knows this particular principle. God knows this particular principle. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, uh, we don't have to turn there for time's sake, but it listed a number of things that, there are, that we are one. We have one Lord. I'm talking about Christians now. We have one Lord. What is his name? And you can go anywhere in the world and um, any language, any culture, uh, any brand of Christian, and there is one Lord we all are under the banner of that one lordship, and let's say his name again. Amen. So there may be different, different, uh, you know, different beliefs about the gifts of the Spirit. There may be different beliefs about, about predestination. There could be different beliefs about baptism. But we are all under one lordship, and that is the lordship of Jesus Christ. There's one faith, one baptism, and in baptism in this sense, we're all baptized into Christ. We're not baptized into Moses. We're not baptized under John the Baptist. Baptism, which was a baptism of repentance, we're baptized under the baptism of Jesus Christ. Amen? Aren't you thankful that we're baptized into everything that God accomplished for, God, through, for us through Jesus Christ? That's what we're baptized into. And so there are things that do make us one. And the reason why we're bringing this up, we're going to pray. I want to leave enough time for us to pray. Um, but uh, the potential of uh, us as Christians being one is staggering. Where one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. When you get a room of people who are all in one accord, there was actually a whole download of the third person of the Godhead through that unity, through that oneness. And so the devil will fight that. But if we understand that we're looking, we're looking for what we can agree with, what we are in agreement, what makes our voice one. There's tremendous power there. And, uh, and we're, we're joining with maybe today when we pray, we're going to be joining with Christians who are, are praying around Australia who may believe in different ways than we do, but we're under the lordship of Jesus Christ. 
and we celebrate that oneness. We make a big deal about that oneness because the devil will constantly try to diminish that oneness and draw attention to diversity, draw attention to things that are different. Because if he can draw attention to the diversity and put us at odds uh, where there is diversity, then he can diminish the voice that prepares the way of the Lord. Well, ha, 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 ha. Jesus is Lord. And the Baptists today are declaring Jesus is Lord. Lutherans, Catholics that are born again, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Episcopalians, everything. So we celebrate that. We steal that away from the devil rather than, rather than uh, becoming frenzied over the differences. We celebrate what is the same. One voice. I remember when Tony and I um, and Anna got our citizenship for uh, here in Australia. We were giving all these certificates, and, and we had to actually study quite a, a few things that I regret, and I'm embarrassed to tell you I've forgotten many of those things. I, I, could, I got 100%. We all got 100% on our test, and uh, mm, I wouldn't want to take that test today. But anyway, and I learned the national anthem for crying out loud. That was a part of what we needed to do. We had to stand and sing it with a group of people, you know, from different countries, and we all sang. Um, and um, it was nice. And, uh, but anyway, uh, the first thing that you get as an Aussie citizen is you get a say. I just think that's amazing. It's in writing. It, in, in America, it's not, it's freedom, you know, they say freedom of speech or something. I like the way Ozzy say it. You get a say. And that's in right, that's like in documented official writing. You get a say. In other words, you get a voice. You get a voice. And so uh, th the reason I'm bringing this up today is as Christians, as Christians with the spirit of faith, who also share something interesting too. We share not only a citizenship in heaven where um, we are seated in Christ in heavenly places, but we also share a citizenship here on this earth, in this country. We have a say. We have a say. A spirit of faith isn't a spirit of faith just because there are beliefs. A spirit of faith is a spirit of faith because we believe and speak. So as children of God, right here in this country, we have a responsibility to say in prayer. We have a responsibility to pray. Prayer is a privilege. To advance to the throne of God is not a casual um, you know, benefit. It is blood-bought. It costs Jesus his life to give us audience with the Father. And then he tells us even to come boldly before the throne of God. So we do. We come boldly before the throne of God. But prayer is not just a privilege and one of the greatest rights of a child of God. It is also a responsibility 
because children of God in this dispensation are uh, ecclesia when we come together. We're children of God in our own individual right. We all have our individual right to prayer. But when we come together, we make ecclesia. In the Greek, in the Greek culture, in the Greek world, that when people came together as a jurist um, to uh, legislate and as a, a, a body of citizens to legislate in their cities, that is what uh, is translated now church. So church isn't just a place of worship. Play, church is also a place where we legislate. I'm not talking about natural government right now. I'm talking about that the will of God through the church needs to be declared. What the will of God is needs to not just be, you know, em embraced and appreciated. It needs to be declared a voice. So God has a plan and a will and a and the kingdom of God has a, has a purpose in strategy and in this particular time in Australia needs to be prayed, needs to be declared with one voice. Now let me give you one more verse of scripture and then we're, I want to comment just a little bit more and then I'd like us to be able to just pray for a few minutes. If you'll go to Philippians, the first chapter, Philippians 1. Philippians 1, and let's look. At verse 27, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel. So whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs. What did you want to hear of our affairs, Paul? that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. One, one heart, one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Well, anytime you get even two people together, even in like in, for instance, marriage or any kind of a friendship relationship, if they're going to be in agreement, um, it is either going to be one of three wills. One of three wills. Your will, the other person's will, and after a, a time, if it's always w one person's will in a relationship, it begins to be domineering and abusive to the other person. Have you ever seen those kind of relationships? My way. It's always my way. It's always my way. You don't really ever get good unity there because even though the other person may comply, in their heart there may not be true, true agreement. They may comply just to make peace, but that's different from being one. All right? So my will, your will, but where Christianity is concerned, there is also a third will, and that's his, what his will is. So it, when we come into unity, it is not because you agree with me and my thought and my opinion, or I just agree with you. 
It's because we all decide we're going to agree with him. And we all surrender unto his will in his way. And we're, we're actually brought together, not because you cross a line and come on my side, or I cross a line and come on your side. It's we all together cross a line and come on his side. As Christians, we do have a say in this country, but as Christians, we represent in this country, we don't just want to represent my opinion, we want to represent his opinion. Amen? And in that unity of agreeing with his opinion, we will find unity. Praise the Lord. Um, I remember uh, Tony and I, when we were in Italy, the second year we were in Sicily, we had a Bible school there, and um, there was a woman that came up from, a woman that came up from uh, Rome. Her name is Beatrice, and Trina knew her. That's Beatrice in our language, but it's Beatrice in Italian. And, um, and because Tony and my parents, you know, they lived on the other side of the world, we got these two little babies. Babies should have grandparents, don't you reckon? And not just on the other side of the world, but Beatrice became like a, a nana for my daughters. And I, I love her for that. She, she loved our little girls and, um, and uh, really helped me in, in the raising of our little girls. Well, when we moved up to Rome the next year after she graduated, she came with us and it was coming back to her home. She was so wonderful. Four years there. Okay, so four years in Rome, one year in, in Sicily, so five years. And then she moved up north with us and was with us all three years in northern Italy. Three years. So nine years with us. Always a part of the Bible school, always a part of seminars, always a part of the work of the Lord, full of the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, full of the Word of God, just wonderful woman of God and Italy had a national election and she voted communist. <laughs> it was like, how does this happen? Was she sitting in the same room as us? Did she hear the same word as us? How does a spirit-filled person who loves Jesus, really, vote communist. With all of her heart, voted communist, and thought we were horrible because we didn't. Aren't you Christian? You know? <laughs> but gay, Why? what's wrong with you? How could any God-fearing person not be communist? So we were like baffled. Okay, so obviously we're not going to be able to unite on politics. <laughs> and if we're going to try to work things out just politically, and we're going to be on two different sides of the line, and we're going to have voices and not voice. I reckon in Australia, there's all kind of different, I'm talking about just, just Christians, just Christians. I reckon there's all kind of different opinions 
about different political things that are going on in this great nation, this great Southland of the Holy Spirit. There could be different opinions based upon what seems to be good reason. And people really believe one thing, and other people who sing the same worship songs believe something completely different for good reasons that they think. So if we're going to pray with one voice, we got a problem. Because we've already got now voice says, God do this. God being instructed what to do politically from different, different things. Oh, Jesus, help it. But I believe the help of the Holy Spirit enables his body here in Australia to pray in unity with one voice, praise the name of the Lord, and get the job done. Um, there was an old prayer. His name was, uh, Brother Hagen had high, high regard for him. His name was uh, um, Halverson, Phil Halverson. And he would say this. He'd say, we marched, he was talking about the body of Christ, we marched together in the spirit. And he made the de delineation of this. In the flesh, in the mind, we may not march together. But in the spirit, we do. There may be all kind of different thought going on in the head, but in the spirit, there really is a will of God. God is not confused. There is a way. Well, where you and I have great advantage is that we are able to pray the unadulterated, we're able to pray the uncontaminated, un unbiased will of God, biased in the sense of it's not it hasn't been uh, tampered with at all. It is absolute, pure will of God. We're able to pray the will of God when we pray in the Holy Ghost. And we're able to pray the perfect will of God with people who even think different than us. And we're able to pray the same prayers with people in different places, in different, pla in different groups of people who believe different in their head, but the Holy Spirit unites our prayer. He would say it this way. Uh, there would be some people who are praying in the Holy Spirit who would be shocked with who they're in agreement with when we all pray in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Thank God for praying in the Holy Ghost. And we're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. We're going to exercise this one voice. Because there are different voices, but let's exercise the one voice. And that voice will be augmented today. It's going to be strong today for the will of God regarding Australia. Then I just want to say, too, as, um, as a born-again child of God, not only our citizenship in heaven, but our citizenship on earth, what prepares the way of the Lord, again, is not just the conviction, it's the voice. 
So I just, I, I had it on my heart to say this. Concerning this plepizide coming up, I never even knew. All of this stuff is different for me. I, that's a whole different kind of way of government and all that. But I have a voice. I have a voice. I have a say. And in the name of Jesus, in representing him to the best integrity of my heart, it's right that I use my voice every single way it can be used. Use my voice in prayer, but it's right that I use my voice in voting, in speaking, in declaring, and always using my voice, the truth of what I believe in truth, in love. So we misrepresent him if we don't speak in love, but we also misrepresent him if we don't speak. So we're not silent where it comes to choices in our land. We speak. We make the voice of our heart heard. And then we pray, and we trust the, the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I'd like us to pray today, because we're going to unite under the Lordship of Jesus. We're going to unite under one faith, one gospel, one baptism, and one spirit. And the spirit of truth is not confused, and he has given us a way to communicate with him perfectly, praying the perfect will of God. And we're going to pray it, and we're actually going to pray not just only for uh, the country in general, but we're going to pray for the body of Christ here in Australia. Can we pray today for the body of Christ? And the body of Christ in Australia is anybody who has believed in the lordship of Jesus and declared his lordship, and we're going to pray for them. And, uh, and I'm sure they're praying for us. But God is uniting us to have one voice so that the will of God can be accomplished and the purpose of God for this, this country can be achieved. Do we all agree that and sense in our heart that there is yet a great move of God that is not just in the future, but is happening and crescendoing and that God has great plans for this great country. I believe so. And do we also know that we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, that he would try to stop it? Well, he cannot, but it won't be because that we just have sweet beliefs in our heart. The reason he is stopped is because we use our voice. So we're going to stand and pray. We've got just only a few minutes we're going to stand and pray, and I'm going to ask that you not have just silent thoughts to God and musings in your heart and sweet meditation to the Lord. And I ask, I'm going to ask of you that your voice not be with mumblings and with grumblings, but we lift up a strong voice of prayer empowered by the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, and let's use our voice to pray that the will of God would be done in this country and that we uh, are able to pray for the body of Christ to speak up 
to speak and declare what God's purposes are, God's values are, the heart of Jesus for people. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the privilege of prayer, for the responsibility of prayer. And we don't take that lightly, but in the name of Jesus, we lift up our voice to pray. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.